Greetings, travelers, and welcome to Just Another Side Quest. James, Aaron, and Randall will be discussing The Outer Wilds, Apex Legends, and Subnautica, along with the PS5. Join us for Episode 11. Hello and welcome to Just Another Side Quest. This is episode 11, uh, starting our second uh, second set of 10 here. Uh, my name is Randall, and I have with me today... Aaron. Aaron's back. And James. I'm here. <laughs> See, it goes up and down. We get excited, and then it's like, ah, okay. You know. Uh, so, uh, it's currently Father's Day as we record, so we put out our well wishes to all the all the fathers uh, who do listen. Yep. Happy mm-hmm. Father's Day. Uh, I've been playing uh, a few games, and I know you guys have been as well, though you're pretty busy with packing and moving. You've found some time uh, in the last few weeks to play some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we cloth a few bits of game in here and there. Maybe more than we should. Eh, we're pretty packed. Pretty we do packed. a couple hours of packing, then we do a couple hours of gaming. Then a couple hours of packing, a couple hours of gaming. Yeah, like when you were a kid, did you have the uh, like the book to gaming thing that your parents did? Because I definitely, like for every 30 minutes I read, I got 30 minutes of playtime. I feel like we're... No, I didn't have that exact, oh. but I did have an hour of screen time I, screen time I could use. Well, you just had a, an hour max? Yeah, I had to like, do chores and stuff beforehand, yes. Uh, but I, I still guess. had that. I, I had, had that max, good. and I had to figure out if I wanted to do it on a computer or on my Game Boy, or using our console. One hour. That's all One you hour. got. That's all I got. You couldn't do anything to boost that or hour. T- or TV. Oh my goodness. Yes. No, I couldn't do anything. To, uh, usually. I think that it was different between like week, week and wow. weekends. Okay. But they also were very heavily trying to get us to play outside yeah. or read books or do something else besides just screen. Because that was the age of, hey, don't let your kids get sucked into the screens because they're going to go brain dead. Yeah, well, look at us now. Except yeah. screens all day, every day. <laughs> Except for when we're packing. Which is... It's going along. Yeah, so it's busy, but we're, we've been playing the games. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to uh, over there? Despite the uh, the kiddos running around and probably stealing away most of your time, which is good. Yeah, they don't they don't steal all of it. I mean, they go to bed before I do, so that kind of gives me what what time I have. And the switch has been a, a godsend for that because I can take it to work and mm. you know just stuff my face with lunch in in like seven minutes, and then just kick back and and uh, play on that. And I uh, I've continued. I love GameFly for Switch because the games never go down in price. So no, no, nope. it, it's never cost effective to keep buying you know first party games it's, unless i really like them and i'm considering it uh with this last purchase but i did just buy um animal crossing so i'll probably hold yeah. off on another purchase but I, I i mean it's a given that i still go back to that here and there when i have time uh yeah like aaron said you just kind of put in 10 minutes here or there a few times a week and mm-hmm. you can keep making progress in the same way too uh well towards the like so gamefly you're you're renting them right Yes, it's a it's a rental and it's like fifteen bucks a month or whatever. Not an ad; it's a thing I actually use. And uh, you know, you send it back, and a few days later, it sends you something else in the queue. Which that's the thing is, you don't really get to choose what you want. It's like a really bad blockbuster that you go in and 
they've got all the all the cover pieces, but you check behind and there's no box behind it. Like, oh, you, really yeah. want to, you still go up and you go, hey, did one come in today? And you haven't pulled. And every once in a while, they would pull that thing open and check for you all the drop-in slot stuff. And they go, oh, here's one. You're like, yes. Ah, uh, yes. And then if there isn't, it's like, okay, let's start looking in the older shelves. Yeah, you start going back. You're like, well, okay, I guess I'll rent this again. Yeah, that's how... I have seen many a B movie due to uh yeah the uh, due to many uh, blockbusters being out of out of something. So I don't I don't get to choose I don't get to choose what I what I get necessarily. You you start a queue of like fifteen things and you kind of put a hierarchy. But if something is not available when they go to pull it, and it says how available it is, which is nice, but they check and they go, nope, we don't have that. They go down to your next thing and your next thing until they have something in stock. Yeah. And then they send it to you. So it's always kind of a grab bag. I have like an idea, but I never know exactly what's going to uh, come in the mail until I get the email. Yeah. A, a lot of Nintendo titles are, I'd say, decently like one time consumable as far as uh, a couple of the games that you had been mentioning before we started this, uh, where you don't really maybe come back to them as much. Uh, there's a ton of extra stuff to do at the end if you really want to, but like you can get through it one time pretty mm-hmm. quickly. That seems actually really good because they're all $60 forever, yet they're usually something that you don't revisit as often as uh, a lot of other games. Exactly. Like something like Dark Souls is, is something that you're going to go back and you're going to play pretty cons- Like if that's your thing, you're probably going to do that once a year, once every couple of years. But I just got Super Mario Odyssey and I'm a huge fan, but. I think I'm going to binge it and beat it and send it back. I don't think I need to keep it, but yeah. you know, the monkey wrench and that is, you know, do the kids like it and they're going to take years to finish it. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah. if I think that they're going to like it, that's why I picked up the games that I have uh, like Pokemon and, um, and Mario Kart, like Mario Kart's definitely something that has nothing but replay value. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the sort of like the party games are the ones you, you need to hold on to because you just need them for whenever it's time to play with. Yeah, time to party. Uh, yeah, but the single player ones, all of their main state titles, most of the main state titles. Yeah, I mean, are... between that and having Game Pass on the Xbox, that's how I can, for 30 bucks a month for both of those services, I get huge rotation of games and, you know, AAA titles sometimes too. So, it's it's a cost-effective way I have found, like, you know, since I don't work on PC, which it's all about Humble Bundles and, and uh, Steam sales, you know, I found a way to do that on console. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm over here probably, what, every maybe two months buying a $60 game or three months, mm-hmm. once a quarter, ideally, would be the kind of price point to be at. And I'm I'm then surpassing your price point. I mean, but that's that's roughly the same because if I buy a sixty dollars game every two months, that would be you know the same cost output. Right, but you've got a lot more exposure to like a thousand games instead of yeah. like one. That gives you six AAA titles a year, and I've played six different games in the past week. Yeah. So exactly, but that's indie games for you too. Yeah. So. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Super Mario Odyssey. And surprisingly, uh, have either of you played this game yet? No. I've, None? For Odyssey? For you? No, I haven't played it. I I actually am not really into the Mario uh, like 
you're not a huge platformer. It's got to have some other little twist to it to yeah. pull you in. Yeah, I'm, I, I, yeah. there's certain platformers that can really grab me, but Mario is not one of them. I think it was just too saturated in games. Like, throughout my whole life, Mario has always been there. So it's not. It's like, I'm already familiar with Mario. Why would I actually go back to it? And play his actual game? That is completely <laughs> fair. And I, I, I actually would agree with that. And so I wasn't super excited about this game. I've had a Switch for a year and it never really crossed my mind. This was like fourth on my list and it came in and I'm like, okay, well, I'll try it for a while because I tried uh, uh, Mario 3D World, I think, uh, whatever they have on the Switch. They had, uh, I think, the Deluxe U, Mario U. Yes, Mario U Deluxe World. And then they had like... 3D World. There were like two of them. They came out with uh, a 3D version. And then the the standard two D platformer, if I recall. Yeah, this is like a it was like a two and a half D platformer, and I'm like, oh, there's gonna be like Super Mario World, but you know, better. And the physics were just wrong. I played it for I think five minutes and immediately packed it back up and shipped it back out the same day. I enjoyed, I enjoyed those. Those were pretty fun. See, this this game Odyssey is more because I didn't grow up on side scrollers. It's just not where I was when I really got into gaming. It was ratchet and clank and jack and daxter that was my platformers exact 3d platformers yeah i remember those they may be inferior technically which i I, you know i would i would say probably but it's just what i'm used to and this game has that but it finds ways of being different um there are so many small activities that you can do that make such a difference in the game um like the basic premise of the game is you have to collect moons, you know, just another collectible. A massive collectathon. But they ask you to get 15 and you get them by solving a puzzle, by be beating a boss gets you three. And, you know, you want to collect about 12 before you can move to the next area. There's about 70 on the average level. Mm-hmm. 70 different ways. So you only need to do 12 of 70. Some of them are metroidvanias where you have to kind of learn more skills and go back but not as much as i expected Uh, a lot of it's just the more you play you go oh this mechanic can be used this way which is a very omar very mario thing Mm -hmm. uh, to just kind of learn ways that were always available to you that you just didn't realize and it wasn't them not communicating it it's they gave you the pieces and you just didn't put them together yet and it feels good when you figure that out instead of, oh, well, you didn't tell me that. This is, yeah. I'm conflicted because I like this, so I should like Zelda. Uh, there's a difference. <laughs> there, There is. I'm between them. I, I would say, like, especially the old school Zelda, Ocarina of Time is something I didn't play as a kid. And I think I've maybe mentioned it before. Um, it's hard as an adult to play it because the logic sometimes feels contrived where you need to go to one person for an item that then unlocks some other person's conversation to then let you progress. Yeah. This doesn't have any of that kind of weird gatekeeping. This it's very straightforward. There's always something more to do. Um, I made it to, I think the sixth world and I am now finally getting a bit stuck and a bit frustrated with, uh, not being able to figure things out and do things. Uh, but I think it's because I blew through the other one so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this one was kind of a brick wall to me. But 
I'm slowly getting better. I don't like insta-death. That really bugs me. And there's a lot of points in this game where, you know, it's very old school where you fall in the you fall in the lava and you you immediately die instead of um, you know, I believe even in uh, Mario 64, you would you would fall in and it would burn you and it would take life away. Yeah. Yeah. I can't this do is that. just that's I guess. Wow. <laughs> That one wasn't that bad, up. actually. That wasn't bad. No, it was like a weird... No. Oh, man. No, I, I remember the Mario... I know exactly what Mario Scream you're going yeah, for right now. That sound effect is like etched into my brain. Mario 64 was like the first window into video games. My neighbor bought a 64. I would come over and just watch him play it. And that was the like first witnessing of a video game for me. So a bunch of those old sound effects and levels in the 64 one are mm-hmm. forever ingrained in this feels yeah. like that game to me because i beat i beat the first two-thirds of that game like most people um before it gets super hard but this feels that way there's even nods to it where you go through paintings <laughs> just a couple of hidden things yeah. but there's there are parts in each level where you go into a, a a pipe and it projects you onto the side of like a building or it'll wrap around a spire and you become 2D Mario doing a 2D level for about 30, 40 seconds. And so it puts a little 2D Mario game in the middle of your 3D game. And then that pops you out in a different part of the building that you couldn't have otherwise gotten to. Really clever things that, you know, I had never read any reviews on it. I hadn't heard people talk about it because when it came out, I didn't have a switch. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't plugged into it. This has been a lot of fun, and I'm going to continue to play it. I'm probably three hours in, not much, but I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I don't think I'll 100% it, but uh, it also seems like something I can play in bed, and, and uh, my wife can kind of help me figure out. Because there's, again, if you can't get a star, unlike Super Mario or uh, Mario 64, if you can't get something, it doesn't matter. There are so many other options, like like the reason the Hitman series is such a good such good video games, the 2016 and 2018 games. There's a hundred ways to get the job done. You know, Fallout New Vegas, hundred ways to get that done. We're also playing through that again, which is which is wonderful. Uh, but I don't have the time for that. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, Super Mario Odyssey um, if you have a Switch. It's better than you than you expect. Yeah, I've played a little bit of it. I didn't get, I didn't get to go from the beginning of the game, but a friend let me just kind of hop into a level he had collected most of this stuff for. And it was felt decently like I was right back in Mario 64 to some degree. That was kind of the most similar game of the Mario franchise for me when I was playing. It was really cool. Just real quick, because there's not a lot to say, I uh, also booted up on the Xbox Subnautica. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have any familiarity with this game? I've or have watched you... a forty-five minute review. Of it. I I I know the title, but I'm struggling right now to picture the gameplay to connect the gameplay to the title, even though I know I've seen something for it. So I'm trying. So it's re- extremely simple. Uh, you crash land on a planet in an escape pod, and it's completely covered in water. So you are you wake up in a in a, an escape pod that's on fire. You have to put the fire out with the uh, fire extinguisher and you I, immediately realize it is a first person uh, kind of FPS feeling game, but you drop down and it's a 
diving game. Like you are a diver and you, uh, you scan uh, creatures and you learn about them and you collect stuff from the sea and, oh, you know, this limestone deposit has, you know, titanium ore behind it and you can synthesize that into titanium and you can make scuba gear and you can make, you eventually will build out a base. Uh, so it's, uh, it's spooktastic because when the sun goes down, it gets real dark and real scary. And um, mm-hmm. it's got a real trigger warning for um, people with like claustrophobia or like me, I'm afraid of uh, deep water. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of asphyxiating on your way up to get air, that happens all too often in the game. I would play it. I want to play it. Um, but there's a thing called thassalophobia, which is just the fear of big things under the water. Uh, and I got that. So I don't think I'm going to be able to actually play that. Yeah, yet. this that that does happen. You're, you're diving down, it's dark, and you just got your flashlight, and all of a sudden it's doom underwater. Yeah. Yeah, and I, just this big thing comes out of nowhere and screams at you and you die and it just, no. So James pulled up the pic, uh, pulled up a quick Google search for it. It's like, oh, right. Yeah, I have seen uh, gameplay for this because I've actually, what I've done is I've actually watched other streamers, like just compilations of them discovering one of the, one of the creatures or one of the big creatures or, or something like that. Them just like getting scared out of their minds by these things suddenly appearing out. or just coming or turning around and it's like, oh crap, I'm dead. And just like all those things. It's like, so I love watching those, but I also recognize it's like this is a game I don't think I can play because I you don't like the spooks. I don't like horror. I don't like the spook. I don't. I can handle a couple jump out moments in the game if that as long as that's not the theme. They're not like that's not their main goal in my, the game is to is to try and scare me. It's so not. the first the first hour or two is not that. The first hour or two, especially you go out during the day and then you go back to your shuttle to kind of learn things and make things uh during the the night and then you go back out and just kind of treat it treat it that way and the first hour is actually kind of pleasurable you get you get to kind of swim around you get to see all the alien life uh which is actually not spooky um but they'll put you in some small caves that you can search out but it's completely free roaming um there's so much room but as soon as i started venturing farther out and you have to go deeper and deeper and you're limited. You can't just go wherever you want because at a certain point you have to go 150 meters down to get to anything because the sea floor is down and you don't have enough time to go down and back up without mm. expanding your O2 tank. Uh, so they do kind of, you yeah, have to earn your way out. So, But there's no walls. You can go out as far as you want, but eventually there's nothing to see. Yeah. So if you can get it... Uh, you know, free or play someone else's on their uh, on their PC or something. It's probably like for me, uh, um, Game Pass. It was worth it. I don't know. I'm gonna play much more because of the the deep water spooks, but it was it was worth trying. Yeah, uh, the exploration from again like the 45 minute review I watched was just praising the kind of the progression that occurs as it pushes you to get, go deeper and deeper into the water. Um, but yes, there's some spooky stuff down there. I've seen it. Well, if there's no other questions, I'll, I'll turn over the, uh, the control to, uh, to James because he played something that I've been wanting him to play. Yeah, so speaking of Subnautica, a game I would say is in the same vein. It's got that same kind of indie 
aesthetic, that quintessential walking simulator adventure kind of look with that low poly feel is the Outer Wilds, not to be confused with Outer Worlds. Uh, this thing is awesome. It's very highly rated. A lot of different uh, publication sites have put it as game of the year for last year. You recommended it. You were excited by it. You've talked about it previously, long ago on one of our first podcasts, maybe even the first. And so finally it was on sale. It was on a steam sale this weekend. I managed to have a little bit of time this morning. So very fresh. I just booted it up and had a couple hours to play before some family events. And oh my goodness, it's uh, it's very fun. It's got a really cool sense of exploration. The feeling of the game has a little bit of the, do you know the Little Prince, that old French book? Did you ever read that? I'm not familiar. Okay. I did. The Little Prince is about like this guy that lives on this tiny little planet that if you jump pretty much, like you'll fly off of the, not fly off of the planet, but like the planet will rotate underneath you. So it's all these like tiny little planets and the prince visits all these tiny little planets. And in this game, your planet that you're launching from, since you're an astronaut, there's a little civilization on your planet and you launch into space. Well, you're to, to be clear though, you are not a human astronaut on earth. No, it's an alien out in the middle. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. Like the planet's tiny. Yeah. As soon as you get off the planet, you realize the thing is just this tiny little rock. Size of Pluto, if that. Yeah. Uh, so you fly around. It's just a big mystery. There's a interesting mechanic that resets everything. Um, so it's just a big puzzle. And it's uh, trying to solve the puzzle, and you have to keep redoing it until you can figure it out in essentially one go. The lore is really deep on this game. It was cool. Right off the bat, you've got this feeling that it's going to be different. It's got an artsy feeling right off the bat. They deliver stuff to you a little more slowly and more deliberately than other games of this ilk, where I'd consider it a bit of a walking simulator, where a lot of it's just walk around, explore, solve some puzzles, and let the the universe just kind of come at you as you run around it. It's kind of cool just to sit and look up at the heavens and watch because all of the planets and stars and other things all have like a set rotation and it's fast and you can watch planets on their orbit and you can start to identify them just based on what they look like and how far away they are. Yeah. Everything is visually very distinct. It's gorgeous. You, the first couple of times I was playing through the cycle, the way that the game works, it's on cycles. Uh, I just would float around in space looking at everything at least once. Mm -hmm. This is all really cool. There's a cool mystery going on. There's little tidbits all over the place. You've got to solve puzzles to get into deeper parts of planets. You've got to figure out which order of sequencing to do for some of the the story, and you have to unlock it in the right order. Sometimes it can be out of order, though, and you've got this just weird web, you know, just a conspiracy web of connections to different points. There's aliens, which you, I mean, you're an alien, so it's, there's people to talk to. So it's lonely. It's a really lonely kind of game, but it works really well. And there's still some interaction that you can get. I was surprised by that. I thought I was going to be alone the whole time because I'd 
avoided, I knew I wanted to play it. So I avoided anything, but just the high level ratings that people were giving it. And did you start by following the music like I did? No, I did not. I tried to be more technical with it and went to the nearest thing I could and just started working from there and just going, okay, I'm going to go to here and try and explore everything at the nearest place. Then I'm going to go a little bit further and explore that. And then I decided after like the second one, I was just going to hit everything, every single planet and item floating around that you can land on. I tried to land on all of them just so I could get a better map of, of what's happening in the, in the galaxy. And finally I hit something that was like the real juicy story bit. And now it's got me on more of a trail. And so I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah. There's music all over the place. People are playing music everywhere. It's cool. It's very spooky at times, which is just the right amount. There's some crazy stuff you can get into. I definitely accidentally, uh, found some some spooky stuff and <laughs> I was like well and then I died so you're like okay that's over there we're not going that way anymore did you find did you go into the briar yes I did that yeah would... I, I warned you about that in in whatever episode yeah. uh, we recorded yep. I, I I told you there's something in there yep and then I found another thing and sent a probe in and oh my goodness the way that the probe has to take screenshots at whatever rate you want and it gives you a yep. still image uh, that was like a horror movie <laughs> scene and it's taking up most of my screen. I'm just sitting there clicking like next, next. And the image is slowly zooming in as it, it's not zooming in. It's like moving further into this like fog, but every picture I'm like, is, is it going to show me something creepy? And then finally it does. And you're just like, ah! and then you freeze <laughs> on like that frame. <laughs> and you're like, I don't want, I don't want to go any further. So very fun. It's a little Moments of that aren't too much. Definitely palatable. Its puzzles aren't super puzzly. And it all is wrapped up in this really nice, honestly, traversal mechanic. It's got a platforming element to it where you just, you need to land your ship on planets. You need to match rotation. Some moon is flying really fast around one of the planets and you want to land on the moon. You have to like actually get yourself locked in with the rotation of that moon you have to match velocity and angles yeah. and so it feels like the interstellar moment like the climax of interstellar where he's got to put the thing in spin to to lock onto the um the station that's rotating around that you feel that almost every single cycle that you'll play you'll find some random thing that's actually kind of a pain to land on and then it's a bunch of interstellar moments of trying to get into the right spot and then land your little ship and then like kind of lock it in and get get out of it before it unhinges or it doesn't it's like kind of bumping around so many times i've like gotten stuck in trees and it's my stuff. favorite flight simulator <laughs> it is it's it's really fun to fly and that makes it all work a lot better than some walking simulators where the movement around the space isn't that interesting so the stuff in it has to be really really interesting or just really up in your face since the movement in this game and traversal is more interesting and the sights are more interesting uh, than a lot of walking simulators can end up being, uh, it means that all of the content can be a little more relaxed in how it hits you. Like they just don't need to shove stuff at you and let you very much explore it at a much more leisurely pace. And so it's very fun. I, I can see why it's such a highly rated game. 
I think it's still on sale on Steam right now. Um, so I'm not sure how long that sale will last, where I would think it was, what, 20% off or something. So I was like, okay, I have to get this while it's on sale right now. Did did Aaron get a chance to to watch it at all? Does she have any thoughts on... I was asleep. <laughs> She's taking a nap earlier. Um, she saw a little bit uh, when I was on the one yeah. really spooky planet, which is the the water planet. Yeah, I looked I, over. I, like I could water. see the I could see the curve of the world, and then off to the right was this giant uh, a hurricane or tempest of some sort, and then the yes. clock formation up ahead. And I was like, okay, and just watching. He's like, what is he doing? Because I didn't know what game he was playing at the time. I was like, so I'm just watching. He's like, from over, from over his shoulder, and he's like, and he just kind of goes forward, then looks. Like kind of goes under the water, looks to his right a little bit, then goes, uh, then comes back up and goes forward, and then goes back under the water and like looks right again. It's like, is this is this okay? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's like um, I'm just like I really don't know what's going on. But what game is this? And I so I was trying to find a good moment because he looked really into it, and I was like, I hope I'm not interrupting anything. But what game are you playing? Because <laughs> I didn't recognize it. So um, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen much. I've heard I've heard only good things about the game. I just haven't actually seen a lot of the gameplay itself, and I've heard what like the loop is supposed to be, which sounds really intriguing. Like yeah, it's twenty two minutes. You can only play for twenty two minutes at any one time, and then mm-hmm. it it pulls a Groundhog Day or a Majora's Mask, whatever your touchstone is. Yeah, and so it's one of those things. Like if it still is on sale, I might pick it up or I might try to play it off of mine. Probably just play it play it off of his when he's done. But I'm right. just. <laughs> But it's also one of those things like, I think this will be a game that I pick up way later. I have a couple other ones that are still like just taking up all my time and then out, out, and trying to balance that with real life. So, yeah, the uh, the only other game I've actually been taking a break from Apex. Mm-hmm. So Outer Wilds today was great. I got a bunch of time on that. Other than that, it's been less gaming, obviously. But Aaron and I have been playing Divinity Original Sin 2 together. That's been our... Mm-hmm. our go-to for the last week when we find some time and we'll dive into that one more because i think you've got some interest in in hearing about that one i've been hearing about it for you know as long as it's been out and it just yeah. it seems like a game that might be up my alley but i think it is for me it would be kind of hard to 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 get done logistically but and i've got so much else and so many other games i need to finish everyone's just yelling at me right now like no finish one thing and report back yeah, but uh, I just I don't know it just seems right up my D and D alley. It just mm-hmm. feels like it, it might is. scratch that itch. It's essentially D and D. Um, I I say that it's not, but it is. And the downside though is it's a huge time sink. Aaron and I almost finished the game before, um, and then got to a tough decision that we had to make, and we sat on it for a while. We're like, okay, let's play some other stuff. Like we need a break. Um. Man, when it, when a game can sell a a moral decision so great that you have to stop playing, yeah. yeah. And but uh, the downside then was we took too long, and by the time we were like, "Hey, let's play that game again," it had been so long we couldn't remember at all. Like, I don't what think was we have on. the save file anymore. Uh, it's in Steam, so it would Is be it? cloud saved unless you were the one holding it. I you think didn't I set was... up your cloud save. <laughs> no, it's fine. So we restarted. Ultimately, long story short, we've restarted the game. Mm-hmm. The devs have still been updating it. There are tons of mods out there for it. So you can freshen that game up now um, past what it was even when it first came out. And 
So what we did was we installed a mod that skipped the first act of the game, which is a lot of tutorial and can be a little slow. So it was perfect. Mm -hmm. We dove back in right when the main chunk of the story and action begin. And so we've been playing that together and we can dive into more detail on it, but it operates very much like D&D and it's a very good multiplayer game. You run around town individually, just doing your own things, making different stat checks for whatever you're trying to do, talking. There's lots of decision-making and, and talking that happens. And then whenever you get into a fight, the game like pauses, sets up an initiative set, and now it goes into a turn-based system. Mm-hmm. And it's just like D&D as far as kind of free time, free roaming. Combat, though, is in this locked time system. And you have a certain amount of action points to use. And long and short of it is it's very fun, very addicting. But oh my goodness, is it time consuming. And you do need to keep like keep it up. You can't play an hour a week or an hour every couple of weeks. You need to play a nice chunk, probably weekly. You can't do much in an hour. Like it's fun. An hour is great. But you can't progress enough at least we found that that's the problem we'll play an hour and be like no we need another hour and then by like three hours in we will have felt like we've accomplished something which is just like dnd yeah there's no way to play dnd in one hour at least i've never been able to it's always a yeah we'll do a two-hour session there's no such thing it's four it has to be four or you don't get anything done and that one that four-hour session is just one fight and that happens (laughs) with divinity sometimes yeah (laughs) sometimes you get into a huge fight you're like okay we got 20 minutes left yeah let's just do this thing and then it turns into this very long crunchy fight where you're trying to maneuver yourself into the right spots and do all that. We'll get into that one maybe in more detail as we've gotten further back into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, we skipped the first act. We're just kind of getting back into where we're at now. Uh, what are we at? Maybe 10 hours, 12, something like that. Something. Yeah, we'll get, get a good chunk in all. I have lots of questions and we'll, uh, we'll definitely do a, a more deep dive on that game. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun um, to be able to, and I think one of the biggest things for us though is finding a game that we could play together again because we were realizing like looking at Apex, James was starting to get burned out on it while I'm starting to get really into it. So it's like kind of struggle for. And then when we do play it and play other competitive games like back when we were looking about thinking about how we played Overwatch as well together, we're so much we're so focused on how the gameplay works and how the combat the competitiveness works. We're not actually hanging out together in the same way for it. It's all about the game and not about. Our, uh, us being able to have fun and with divinity we were able we we're able to find something that like we're actually able to, to pause the game be able to talk over things and decisions which is a lot more like we're able to uh engage in it together rather than play our own separate games with t- calling out things but so yeah, that's it's the the tactical nature like in time turn-based i can just joke i can sit there and talk to aaron about how the day is going or some other random thing in the middle of it uh, because you're allowed to think at whatever pace you want, especially during the turn-based. Mm-hmm. And in Apex, it's very much every moment you got to be thinking about the next move in the game. And so we're not talking about our day or joking or, or being silly. We're like very much focused on the game. And that's yeah. I have a hard time relaxing while playing those. So yeah, it's, Divinity is a much better game for the two of us to play, for me at least. Then. Yeah. I would, I would be interested in kind of a, a roundup of games that we feel does that the best like not just couch co-op but like couch relaxed couch co-op because like moving out and overcooked is not that game either even though you are you know talking directly to each other it's more like apex where 
you are doing the thing all the time. I think the depending on the urgency and the way that the game sets up a sense of time is probably the biggest factor in making that feel relaxing or not. And that's because it gives you the pace of like uh, like a puzzle game with without like I think Portal is another one that would be on that list. Yeah, mm-hmm. where you kind of you can kind of work through things, and they you know the other person can give suggestions. Maybe try over here, and of course there's Portal Two with the co-op. Um, but I think that would be a, a good example of, of a game that you can actually kind of talk about stuff that's not just the game, but yeah. you're actually engaging. There's time to be silly, and there's mm-hmm. time to not play essentially and just chat. Yeah. What or else have you been playing? Or financially. Uh, mostly it's been Divinity and then also Apex. I've actually gone back to The Sims for a brief moment. Uh, actually, got progress in that. I completely forgot about this. But um, So for a while, I'm trying to do a, a gameplay in The Sims where I actually follow a family all the way through till as far as I can go with a, a single family. And I'm not talking about single family, but like their actual generational thing. There's, a I think, achievement of playing through a, 10 generations of a single family. And so I'm trying to get to like just do that. I don't plan on doing it like all at once, just like kind of go. That's how mm-hmm. I'm kind of returning back to it. So I have a family. And for the longest time, I was just waiting for the grandma to die. Because I, because you max out at eight people in a family. And I was like, I can't actually have the youngest kids to get married or have kids or, or like adopt or anything like that until the grandma goes. And I don't want to take them out of the family. That's like, it's like, and I'm trying to make it sure like I feel a little bit, I don't like to force people to die or anything like that. And I don't, that's not my gameplay for it. And so was, I was having a lot of fun. And so finally I got, to, I, I came back to it. And then within this day two people ended up dying within like three in-game days of each other so they're just sad the whole family's just so sad and won't do anything because they're so sad it's like so very depressing it's like oh no but i knew you don't sound very depressed right now i wasn't you're very excited excited (laughs) to have room to play with it was very nice um my god i felt i had a progression with that finally and then i actually had a third death but this death wasn't expected because this was the youngest son who oh, no. uh, was going to become an engineer in college. He was going to college for it, was playing around with his robotics thing, and he got electrocuted and died. Oh, no. And I was actually like, I'm actually upset about that one. It's like, no, that dad. I'm so- you still don't sound that upset about it. It's the first exciting <laughs> thing that's really happened for a game <laughs> out of, that's out of my normal gameplay. I don't usually have like. I, they usually don't get have a risk of being electrocuted unless they because I know how to get around the handyman system well enough. And this was a new part to the gameplay for me because I haven't experienced this particular expansion very well or very much. It was like and so this was it was a it was very fun. Like that was a fun little surprise for me in in The Sims. Um, yeah, I actually wasn't expecting to get that animated about The Sims. <laughs> you don't expect to get animated about The Sims, okay? um I love you love your sims they enough i love them enough that i'll come back every three weeks <laughs> every three weeks yeah. um and then i finally uh, feel like i'm getting good enough when apex uh like that's also been a lot of fun still it's consistent like i, I think i mentioned it before like james might be like kind of pulling back from apex but i'm still like very heavily in it in it and i'm getting i'm having a lot of fun it's been really interesting to figure to kind of figure out who i like to play the most Although I do enjoy playing a lot of different people at once. Um, and then I think the biggest piece for me is that they're like the ranked system. Playing in ranked is actually easier than it is playing the the casual system because their matchmaking is not that great. 
And so uh, I don't know how they do matchmaking, but because out in the casual system, you can match up with people who are like, you can play with people who are outside of like your usual like um, skill level. Then I could end up, and like you can actually pre-group with them going into the games. Then you can have, then you end up having people like the game just doesn't know how to match them. But in ranked, they they force you to not be, you can't play with someone who's like two brackets outside of your your um, rank. So like right now I'm silver two ish. I can't play some with the next level up is gold, and I can play with people who are ranked gold. But after that, I can't play anyone with anyone who's plat. And I can't play with any and well, the bronze is below silver, and there's no think, nothing below bronze. So it's I can't just play. it's condensing the group down. I've I've felt that as well. That ranked yeah. tends to be better games. It it's it, people are on an easier or on a more even playing level yeah. overall, which makes ranked a little bit more fun, and also different. It's also like a different play style because you get points based off how many about uh, based off of kills and assists. And then how how long you last. So you can't just last. You can't just like. It's actually a bad thing if you land in a safe spot and then never find anyone till the end of the game because you don't get as many um, ranked points, and so you don't get as far up the ladder. So it's it's actually like a good thing to go into hot drops at the very beginning. Yeah, it encourages fighting. And so, what's a hot drop for people who don't play Apex? That uh, sounds very wrong. <laughs> okay, a uh, hot drop for. Yeah, a hot drop is where they usually have at least one place on the map because because the game is about random looting chances, like where you have better items show up in certain uh, randomly in across the map. The hot drop is the places that are most common people most commonly drop into to start their game with. Um, so you get more people there fighting over that same loot or there's always a spot on the map that has a like gold item a gold level item at the start of the game that people, and that's often to draw people into that space. So hot drops, just a place where probably half of the entire lobby drops in yes. one spot. Yeah. Yes. And it's a mess. And yes. there's a thousand people everywhere and they're punching each other and no one has guns and it's uh, the worst thing. Yes. it is. Unless you get a gun, then it's the best thing. Cause you just got tons of people to shoot. And, and then, then you, you run out of them. ammo and it's like, Oh crap. Yeah. Everyone else got the shield and I didn't. Yeah, it's true. Yep. <laughs> it's a big RNG mm-hmm. coin toss when, when you land. So, I am excited uh, for uh, the new update that's coming out. Uh, that actually this week they have uh, they're going to be updating one of the characters I do really like playing called Lifeline. She has um, so that way she, she, I'm excited for some of the updates that are coming up with that with this uh, this mid season update. The game has uh, done a good job of keeping its player base by continually pumping in new content. It's not at the levels that Fortnite was pumping out content. It's a little slower pace, but they are doing a pretty decent job of outputting new content along with patches Mm -hmm. uh, that are continually keeping fresh game modes in there and new items to to play for and they've always got dailies it's just a lot to keep people coming back yeah they have a really they have a good pullback system yeah and so or and playability for that uh i guess then speaking I, I'm thinking then also then to my next game that I'm going to play, which is going to be returning to an older game. Um, since I played through Pokemon Sword and Shield when it first came out in the, um, the winter, the new DLC came uh, got uh, came out, and while I haven't mm-hmm. uh, watched any of the news for that, I know it's out, and I know I can I can start downloading it, and I'm planning on playing that in the next in this next week. I want to see how good or bad that is. Yep. So, what do you expect it to be? You haven't played it yet. Hot take. Hot take is that it's going to be okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty, yeah, probably. I've 
yeah, it's good. It's going to be okay. Uh, the I'll probably I will enjoy the new Pokemon. I'll enjoy the the new area, but I'm not this this particular DLC. I'm actually not as excited for. I'm, I'm excited it's for the, the next one. It's the one that comes out in November. Yeah. or October that I'm actually excited. So I heard a little bit about uh, this expansion coming out, and that it's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. The main story you shouldn't expect too much from. It's kind of small and and not very exciting, but there is a pretty good variety of new and old uh, Pokemon kind of in the the free roam area, I suppose. Mm -hmm. The wild area is supposed to be really good. Um, So not great, but there's enough to be to be worth it. Mm -hmm. And they kind of got rid of the puzzles element in the uh in the wild area so it is it is a mixed bag as long as you're not expecting a lot of story from from it from it you should you should be uh, pretty happy with it we'll see i'm because i'm not going to be sticking i don't i think i'll play it because uh because i have it available to me and um i'm probably just going to end up playing through and then be like okay this is good and then put it on the shelf until the next dlc comes out because I haven't been playing it for the last couple of months. I've been playing everything else. Did you end up uh, playing back through the second time? Because you can you can beat all the gym members again? No, I haven't done that. Huh? So you always got that too. I got that, but I also have so many other games that's yeah. like, I'm okay. Speaking yep. of ways to engage with the Pokemon franchise, mm-hmm. let's talk about some news items that have come out. Aaron, I hear there's a new Pokemon game they announced. <laughs> Yes, uh, they, they announced the new Pokemon Snap, um, which I, it's not a absolute remake, but I don't think they're rebranding it as a actual sequel to the first first one, or at least they haven't like announced like a sequel title. It's just Pokemon Snap. As far well, as like, it's called New Pokemon Snap. Really? It is new called Pokemon New, Snap. just oh, like new. new Super Mario Brothers. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That, so. That's what I read is is that they're calling it New specifically. Um, I don't know. I so. Pokemon Snap is a game that the original one is one that I played extensively as a child and as a teenager. Yeah, we need to get our N64 fixed because I only ever got to watch. Again, my friend had the 64. Mm-hmm. All I ever got to do was watch Pokemon Snap. He never let me take the controller for that one. Yeah, I have I have a, a second uh, console that we're not using. Well, then we could also <laughs> we'll pick might pick one up. There's yeah, tons um, of them still. I think if you know the so tricks for the for how to progress through the, the original game, you can. It probably is about ten ish hours. Oh, it, it's fast. It's faster than that if you if you rip through. You can yeah. you can do it in two. Yeah. Okay. Probably that's true. Um, I think. Oh, you're gonna get the new one though, right? I don't think so. What? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get the new uh, Pokemon. Are now. you gonna borrow it from like a friend or? Maybe I want to see more. Actually, it's really okay. before I commit to it, I'm going to want to see more. I think it for me it actually falls in the same under the same category as the mystery dungeon game. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed the first mystery dungeon a lot, and while I've enjoyed, I enjoyed the, like some of the um, updated aspects of it because I spent so much time on the original. I'm like, eh, I actually don't think I need to spend the time and put the money towards this gameplay, which is actually kind of a surprising uh, comparison to like the main Pokemon franchise games, which basically are all the same gameplay but all in new areas uh versus these that others loop. maybe at least i don't know um 
and then with Pokemon Dungeon Mystery Dungeon, I'm pretty sure that was just it's just a remake of the old one, just with updated graphics. And that's when it's like, yeah, if this one's not going to be a straight up remake of the same areas and the same ideas, which it doesn't look like it entirely, because there are new Pokemon being included in this one, and it looks like and it has a uh, much more, um, and they include a lot more on the artistic side of things on the visual graphics side. They better. Yeah, it, it is new. It, it does say on on Nintendo's own website. This brand new game brings the gameplay of the 99 Pokemon Snap to uh, the Nintendo Switch. So it is uh, with unknown islands to discover different Pokemon to see. So it is a new game based on the 64 version. Yeah. So it's not just a, a, a graphics up. I'm, I I don't know if I'll get it right off the shelf. Uh, it's one of the things that's like, maybe, but... Might wait a while. I might wait. I might see if I can get it... Uh, cheaper well that's well, not gonna happen yeah it's not gonna happen yeah 30, uh, 30 or less i think it might be worth it but this is not certainly not a 60 dollar game and i still think 40 might be pushing it it'll unless come. they show us reason to to spend that much yeah. yeah i i don't know and then i've also like i guess this is something that uh, um since sword and shield has released and just looking at and then they kind of i've took i've been like seriously like looking at the graphics of the Pokemon games on the on the Nintendo Switch since that since Sword of Shield released. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I actually am, I'm getting more to the point of I'm actually not very impressed with how far they've pushed the graphics. Which is I know everyone else already came to that conclusion with Sword of Shield and with, uh, and probably maybe um, I'm not sure where people came to the conclusion for Mystery Dungeon Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. But um, then looking at this one, I heard some people saying it's like oh this like they have such great graphics on or like pretty graphics and i'm like really because they could have pushed this farther it's like i'm looking at this and like in this one they have more control because you're if, if it's like the gameplay is supposed to be on like the original one you're on a fixed path that means they don't have to worry about the player getting where they can't like they don't have that freedom of movement in the same way they don't so graphically they should be able to push this way farther and i'm like looking at it it's like you have a lot of pretty like camera things on this but the animation still kind of look eh so that's my opinion from the trailer <laughs> and maybe i'm just it's a hard take so that's no it, it looked a little lackluster and mm -hmm. some of it. it looks like it's really early when they didn't announce the release date right no it's, it's still tbd yeah okay. so it also it it felt like it was a very early announcement to me and okay. kind of what they might put into a teaser trailer mm -hmm. um yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out when it gets closer and they show mm -hmm. some more gameplay and stuff. Yeah. But you're very right. Speaking of graphics, they've announced the new Wi-Fi router. PlayStation <laughs> 5. No. All joking aside, I actually, I like the console design. I'm um, glad it doesn't look like a refrigerator. Right? It's, <laughs> It's, the, it's just a block, right? It's going against a black block. It's definitely the most outlandish as far as trying to actually have a striking design. You know, it's, it's kind of like a supercar looking design where it's definitely the, that looks atrocious and is going to be tacky in five years. But for some, it's like, oh, this is so cool looking. And then it stays that way and it becomes timeless for them as a design. Looking back at old lamborghini designs and like ferraris you know that's kind of in my head how I, I view it and i i like it right now it'll probably be tacky in five but well they uh when the original og xbox came out that was 
crazy looking and everyone said it was going to age really badly and it's a box with an x on it <laughs> yeah it's, it's not it's not that big a deal no the uh admittedly i think the 360 with its little like curved in design is probably what i would consider to be one of the better console designs it was elegant without being boring Yes, and without being outlandish as well. So it was right in that sweet spot of just kind of being a box, but a little bit fancier. Well, you didn't like the uh, sexy fax machine of the PS3? The PS3, which (laughs) we actually have one now, thanks to my brother-in-law. And I'd never actually held one until he brought it over. And yeah, that thing is the garbage can, man. It's just like this block but not even a block it's just it's super awkward yeah ps3 was a an awkward uh, awkward child but the ps5 for me looks cool uh depends on our setup right now we have a ps4 that can also run we don't have any ultra 4k hd movies so as far as the ps5 is concerned i don't think visually it's going to be any different than our ps4 blu-ray player i'm not sure as far as playing blu-rays which one is better and if that's the case the ps5 might actually be not next to the tv or something it, it might be by the computer possibly I don't mm-hmm. know. and in that case it'd be upright possibly so it doesn't need to fit under a tiny little shelf for us yeah but we we are looking at it in terms of the games that are announced for it um and look it's like is it might be it, it looks like it's going to be worth it for us at least I don't know. I already have a game that I'm interested in that's been announced for it, which is um, the New Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. Forbidden like, West. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about that one. Coming she out. is. Like, so you have, what, 200 hours into that game? Over two saves? Uh, she's got like four. Three over or four. three or four saves. Yeah. Of, that's like your favorite game. It, it does so well. It's just so pretty. And the gameplay is so, is just good. And the story is good. It hits a lot of the right notes for me. Yeah. So the, the PS5, I think for us, is a wait. as It should probably be for most. Ideally, wait until it's out and mm-hmm. some reviewers have reviewed it. But Yeah, don't buy it before it's released. <laughs> yeah, no, don't pre-order <laughs> until it. Until it's out. And even then, try and be very cautious. But if it's a launch title for that thing, and it is highly reviewed... Christmas is a time where we have time as a company where there's a break that's given to everybody. And so it might end up being the sort of purchase that does happen around Christmas for us. So we, we might end up with one essentially like a launch PS5. Particularly if, they, like, there's a, if another title comes out that we find out works for it, then it's like, yeah, this is kind of feel like it's going to be more yeah. given. Yeah, if I can but... find something I would enjoy playing on mm-hmm. it. So it's exciting though. I'm definitely in the PS5 boat over the Xbox Series X? Is that... Which one is Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. The, Xbox the refrigerator Xbox. You can call it Naming that. system. Because they have the Xbox One, right? And then the Xbox One S, and then they went to the Xbox Series X? No, so there's the, there's the Xbox One, then there's the kind of half-step-up Xbox One S. Yeah. Then there was the Project Scorpio, which is the Xbox One X... And then now there is the Xbox One Series X likely to be followed by the Xbox One Series S. Yay. Yeah, as a mom, 
at the store, how do you not accidentally buy the wrong thing when that comes out? It's like the Wii U all over again. Yeah, they're all for sale at the same time. That's bonkers. I'm a little concerned with it. I, I'm, I think all of my friends have questioned the marketing team on that one and why they didn't just call it like the Scarlet or something, just Xbox Scarlet. Yeah, they've had such great names. I mean, the Xbox One X being called Project Scorpio, that's awesome. I am all about that. And then they call it the Xbox One X. Okay. Yeah. And now this one, again, it's Series X. I think it's not going to be a problem very soon because the way that I'm hearing Xbox talk, they're never going to release another system. Oh, yeah. I've heard that floating around. They're just going to start offloading the hardware to servers like Stadia. Mm. And so eventually you won't have a console at all, or it'll be more like Chromecast. Yeah, it's just a box that receives internet and outputs an HDMI signal. But as far as right now, um, I do have one question, because you guys are talking about buying the PS5, which, I mean, I might, because I have the xbox one i i'll see if i need to upgrade or not yeah. i don't have a 4k tv so i'm fine um i don't really want to spend like eight grand on on all types of stuff all of a sudden because no. uh, it's way too easy to do that mm-hmm. yeah but would you guys maybe consider getting the ps5 digital edition if you if the disk drive is no different that's a good question if you could save a few bucks and have it to be a little smaller, a little sleeker, because I'm looking at them side by side. And personally, I don't think I'd even bother with the PS5 because I don't have any discs old, you know, newer than a PS2. I have one very specific reason, and it's essentially the pact or the, the silent agreement that my friends and I have with our PS4. So Danny and Will, who've been on here before, uh, both of them have PS4s, and they're the guys I play with a lot because we're in the just on the PlayStations. And sorry, Randy, maybe you have to. It's okay, there's there's another cross-platform uh, bit of news that I will throw out at the very end. So. Yeah. Um, with that, I save a lot every year by all of us kind of coordinate what games we want and which games we want like the most, and then we'll buy a couple titles physically and then give them to each other. So we just are constantly loaning games to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the bane of the developers. I know. that's They don't like it. But I am so glad that the console doesn't have a DRM login system for these things so that I can still do that. The disc doesn't care. Sony doesn't care. And they just launch the game no matter what. So I've played a couple extra titles for free because my friends essentially swapped me. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, I got to play for free because I traded in God of War. Both of those, I got to play for free, and then I traded over like Death Stranding to them. Um, I think uh, Horizon Horizon as well, yeah. So Mm -hmm. that is a sweet deal. Not everyone has that going. But if you do, that, what, 100 bucks probably is the difference between the two, 50? Even if it's 100, as long as I get two titles borrowed from somebody else i'll i'll have made that money back to some degree so real quick i'm looking at all the all the game announcements uh i you know if i possibly get a ps5 um i'll lead off what i'm most excited about is 
the Spider-Man game with Miles Morales. I don't know if that's, it's not a sequel. Is it a DLC? Whatever it is, it's making me really want to, to play that, that or the Ratchet and Clank game uh, that is on the way. I will play another one of those in a heartbeat. So that's what I'd be looking forward to if I get one. Yeah. I was actually thinking, I was, as you guys were talking, I was like, oh, right. The other game I was excited for was my, is the Miles Morales one. It's like, is I think it's not, it's a, uh, it's not a direct sequel. But I think it's just another, it's a standalone it's, it's, game. It's another standalone Spider-Man game, but instead of it being Peter Parker, it's Miles Morales. So I don't know. It's cool. GameSpot says, uh, to quote, um, rather than be a complete sequel, however, it's actually an enhanced and expanded version of 2018's game. So oh. I don't know if that means it's a like complete edition or whatever they call Have it. Guys, Master, but with and more. it has both in there, or if it's just the same engine. Did you guys play the and... play the twenty the other one? Did you guys other play the other Spider Man game? PS4 only, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't have played it, and I admittedly actually didn't get into it as much. It wasn't quite my jam. Okay, well then we we don't need you on the podcast anymore. <laughs> it was um, fun. It was fun, but I I got very bored of the the combat system pretty quickly that, that's fine so what, what would you what would you guys be excited about then other than uh spider-man other than for the ps5 or yeah right now there's nothing oh. on the ps5 that i'm no. particularly excited for it's for me it's horizon and spider-man those two um and so and i can see it being connected so the, the spider-man being connected to the old other spider other uh, the ps4 spider-man um because i i sorry this is a spoiler but a, that is a super spoiler. As a, a yeah. powerless. And they flush it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're gonna beep it out. You can. You're <laughs> all. You guys heard is a beep. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for the spoiler, but it's relevant. It's gone. I erased it. Okay. <laughs> In the future. Well, James, are you not excited for uh, Pragmata? Oh. A post-apocalyptic game oh, set in a world where cats are now holograms. <laughs> so, no, there was one. What's the one with the astronaut? There was like an astronaut lady and it looked very Lovecraftian and she's like going insane on a planet. But it's too teasery of a trailer. That's a problem. All the, the PS5 announcement was cool and they have a mm-hmm. bunch of really cool titles coming. Horizon Zero Dawns was good. Mm-hmm. Like a really good trailer. But a lot of the other good ones, Ratchet and Clank's was good too. It showed gameplay. Actually, Miles Morales was, was similar. To what you're saying though it's too oh, trailery it, yeah it was the part that it really showed off is it, it didn't have like a big chunk of of explanation as to what you're actually getting so most of the trailers were very much surface level there's a game it's coming but we're not yeah. really gonna be able to get into super details right now and that was the point i think the entire point of the thing was to just like throw teaser trailers at you one after just trying to catch up with xbox a little bit yeah and mm-hmm. It was better than Xbox's showing for me. Like it was at least gameplay footage at times and some big titles announced, but nothing got me to the point where I'm going to be able to say I'm excited for one of them. I'm going to have to, the closest is a Lovecraftian looking astronaut game, um, but I can't even remember the name of it. And it's going to need to introduce me to a little bit more of what actually is going to happen in that. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll we'll have to do a, a console roundup uh, sort of a thing because I I probably my my basic thought is what's almost what's the point 
we have such diminishing returns from each generation now. I mean, going from PS1 to PS2, still a big change. PS2 to PS3, it kind of just added clutter and and stuff, sharpened some things up, but the game still basically played the same. Oh, we had that issue mechanically on a PC level ever since we started capping out on what like a CPU could do. And suddenly we just had to add more cores and that's all we could do was just keep adding cores. So you're right. Like there was a huge hardware slowdown after that boom. And suddenly the incremental like differences slowed down to a crawl. And yeah. we've had the last couple consoles are not climbing at the same pace that they were at first. Why do, why do we need a PS5 or an Xbox One Series X? RTX like X is looking like the next, finally, some sort of actual hardware change is going to bump things up. And so I am excited to see what RTX is going to look like once games actually start handling that with the lighting. Mm-hmm. And that, man, good lighting, really good lighting is huge like you can tell Mm -hmm. and it actually looks really it's the first time that stuff is kind of looking whoa that's really pretty compared to oh yeah okay it it looks a little better oh looks a little better now it's like whoa okay that actually is significantly more exciting than i was expecting um game that's a good example of that is control if you've got that all maxed out that game looks very pretty so i'm excited for that do you guys have any other thoughts on uh, the PS5 reveal or trailers? I mean, it's, ultimately, it's more the same. I, The reason I'm already, though, I say I'm not excited for any particular title, but I will totally buy one, is because they've got all of the franchise lines that I've been enjoying a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for, and I will, I'm willing to buy into those franchises when they do come out with their next release in like two or three years, or two years, or hopefully one year. I don't know. So I'm kind of prepping for the future. And so I'm excited for it over Xbox just because they've been delivering some really good games to me. Aaron? I think it's uh, a similar point. And and then for me, they've already gotten, they've already announced some of the games that I'd be interested in following up on. Yeah, for you. I mean, especially they've announced your... They announced Horizon. (laughs) The Um, sequel to your favorite game. (laughs) Which I've been just kind of like patiently waiting since since the DLC. The DLC was great. So I was like, okay, they can still do more. They can still do more. And that's my favorite game. I'm really excited to see what they do. Yeah. So it's your Horizon machine. Yeah, your Horizon machine. That's I I bought a PlayStation 4 initially to play The Last of Us because I heard it was so good. And that became like the greatest game I've ever played. So I'm sitting here on pretty mixed reviews. I really hate it. So I really love it. But The Last of Us 2. And so it's that sort of thing. Like, I, I don't know if it, this one's going to be great, but I'm excited for it. Well, mm-hmm. report back, because I liked the first one when I borrowed uh, Will's uh, PS4. I, I liked the first one, so I'm, I'm interested. Uh, and so it's that sort of stuff. There's a there's a handful of, of franchises that PlayStation has been able to just continually support in really lenient ways. So you get these kind of artsy games or games that aren't quite as run-of-the-mill. Mm-hmm. Um, you you just get some really good gems every like six months from PlayStation. At least once a year, you'll get just this awesome title. Mm-hmm. And they keep doing that. Okay. Well, James, I'm going to give you a plate and I'm going to scrape some onto your plate. Here's a fork and we will uh, share this plate of crow. <laughs> yes. That we must eat. 
we, yeah. we were happily wrong. I think happily oh, yeah. wrong. I am glad I set my expectations into the dumpster with EA's uh, greedy tactics. And you know what? Yes. Mm. Crow. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's laced with a good Star Wars game. <laughs> so if somehow you didn't make it through our two-hour episode um, last uh, last time, we... Uh, we decided that we would guess on what EA was going to release for their next uh, Star Wars game. And uh, much to Danny's dismay, we all agreed that it was going to be a battle royale. Star Wars Battlefront Apex Legends (laughs) 3. I apparently missed this. I apparently didn't listen to the whole two-hour thing, and I didn't listen in on them. I, I don't remember what I was doing when you guys recorded that one. Yeah, that's... uh... Star Wars Battlestar... No, Apex. <laughs> that's uh, that the trend is to have something that is on some sort of constant mm-hmm. games as a service. Yeah, it's a service live service game, which this title, the thing I'm most nervous about is actually we should probably mention it and we're running out of time here. So we'll breeze through it. It's a Star Wars X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, essentially. Star Wars Squadron, they're calling it. And that's, it's exactly all of, I think what Danny said were his favorite titles and what he hoped for was a squadron based game. Yeah. I think Danny, this is what he had actually hoped for. And then we, we convinced him that he was wrong. Probably going to be a terrible game. Now I'm still a little worried and maybe this is wrong, but the price point for this is $40. And I don't know why that worries me so much. Because if even they're admitting that it's not a full game, and they and they sold Battlefront One in 2015 as a $60 game. What's yeah. a $40 game? Yeah. What What is a $40 game to them? Is that do they is this where they go? Loot boxes will be accepted if we put this at the $40 price point, and suddenly people are like, "Oh yeah, I didn't even pay the full amount. That's fine. I'll spend." 20. But but it does say that it has a full single player campaign, and that's where maybe we're wrong. And EA actually is like, you know what? We're going to just give you the game that you want. It'll be 40 bucks. It'll be cheap. Could could we end up saying good guy EA? Good. This comes out. Trying. And, or maybe I mean, maybe they've got some worry on their license. And so if they can just output like a couple darlings, then everyone will love EA's Star Wars games suddenly. Uh, it'll work on me if I, if I like them. Exactly. And this is what we, this is the good side of consumerism is if, if this does actually pan out and is good, it's a bunch of consumers hating their last couple of products and slamming them for them. And now we're, we're seeing the company go, oh, we'll make more money if we actually make a good game. So that'd be awesome. I'm excited. because I love Overwatch. And so far the gameplay has sounded like, not Overwatch, but like a tactical 5v5 squad-based multiplayer where mm-hmm. everyone has a different role. You're calling out... St- stuff you're focusing down particular targets and you're ultimately in a lot of cases trying to finish an objective over just kill everyone give me a good dog fighting uh scenario in space and i will i I will be all for it would you play it aaron yeah have you seen you've seen that i've seen some of it i haven't actually watched the trailer all the way through Um, watch the trailer it's a star wars game it's a trailer (laughs) (laughs) how long can it be it's a trailer yeah Yes, yes, and yes. 
but uh, life is busy right now, and I went ahead and didn't decided not to focus on all the game releases. And in fact, the only reason I saw the Horizon one was because Jay, I think yeah, James I pointed out to, to me. I, I watched the the, the event. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think no, I think I had become aware of that trailer like five minutes before he showed it to me. Yeah, well, so, I forced you to watch it then on the spot. Oh no, how horrible! I had to watch the Horizon Zero Dawn trailer. You're a criminal. You should apologize. <laughs> With uh, this release, is it cross play? Is I think going to be right off the bat with everyone, so everyone mm-hmm. can play with everyone, which means Randy and I are finally going to be able to play another game. Because actually, dropped... that is that is a beautiful segue. Your check is in the mail because. Apex is coming to the Switch. That's why, yes. I, that's why I was also I was like, it's like because Apex isn't Apex also EA. Yes. Yeah, I think EA oh, games I mean, are I just think going. It's a cash cow for them. I think Apex is just pulling in loads of cash. Yeah. No good reason. And and all honesty, having the crossplay there might fix my earlier complaint about the ranked versus like the public like match, matchmaking. There, it's like there. Yeah, and Switch will pull in uh, typically like, more casual crowd. Yeah. Possibly. Not only are you going to crossplay, but it's also coming to the Switch. Yeah. The only downside is you're also going to be potentially playing with PC players. Yeah, and the PC players do get cheaters. So. Yeah, I'm curious how how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. But we can play with you. So when it does launch in crossplay mode, we'll have to at least get on and, and mess around, Randy, so you can witness the glory that is. I am more than happy to get uh, squad wiped with uh, some friends. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> that's all that ever happens to me. So you'll be in good company. Well, that was that was my last thing. Is I wanted to to mention that that was coming to the switch, and we will uh, we will be doing that. Yeah, um, in a future episode, we should definitely, especially once we get some more information on this new squad squadron game. Um, dive we'll we'll be all over this when it comes out. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, well, uh, that sounds like an episode uh, to me. Uh, do you guys have any other any other thoughts? Anything else you wanted to get out before we uh, close it up? No, I don't think so. I can't play. Wait to play as Aloy again. Yeah, I know. Aaron can't wait. I've got my title right in front of me here, so I can't wait <laughs> two minutes. So <laughs> I better well, pack. I think, I think you got to finish packing first. Remember, half an hour uh, packing, then a half an hour games. Finish yeah. up the laundry packing. Oh, so yeah. I got to finish cleaning my computer space. I got yep, to tear, you, tear your computer back down. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, cool. So, I guess we'll talk to talk to you later. Mm-hmm. We'll... Yep. Uh, I think the next episode might might be a special, so we'll see. Um, we got some yeah, we might not be able to make... a lot of lot of topics we want to cover, so we might have a guest on and do a topic uh, for the next episode. So tune into that for sure. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, all the normal stuff, uh, tinydogpodcast.com. Check out all the other stuff. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, we will say goodnight. Good night. Happy Father's Day. Good night, gamers. Even though it's going to be belated by the time this comes out. So. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, later, gamers. <laughs>